This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only, on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A very good evening uh, to you and wherever you're watching in the world. We've already got 50, nearly 60 people already waiting for the show to start. And uh, it's a Monday night show, Monday night football, so to speak, because uh, we had a Sunday four o'clock kickoff up on the, uh, the in the tune against uh, Newcastle. I spent the whole weekend up there, for, went up nine o'clock Saturday morning. I'll tell you all about that. Got back about two o'clock, half two, last, uh, half one last night, absolutely shattered. But we are consistent. And I know that the, uh, the final say is here. Um, as you can see behind me there, is our captain fantastic, Ruben Neves. Happy 26th birthday to him. Uh, if you're watching Ruben, which I'm sure you tune in re- uh, religiously every single week to see us all, uh, a very big happy uh, birthday. And in the chat, one of the things we're going to be asking for all our pundits as well, as the secret word, which is back again this week, is what would you buy Ruben Neves for his birthday? Uh, we're going to kick off tonight with Nathan and Manny. How you doing? Hi, how you doing? Good evening, boys. Evening. You keep evening all. And I've got the right, I've got the blooming wrong background on as well. Hold on. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> how are you? How are you, Manny? I'm I'm good, man. I'm you know, um considering I, I feel pretty good. I still feel quite positive, to be fair. Yeah, well, that's good. That's good. Uh, you went up. Did you go up on the uh, up and back in one day? Yeah, uh, yeah, up and one back. I mean, we set up quite early, and um, Jeevan drove, so I was like quite free. I was, you know, quite relaxed. He wanted to drive. I said, "Go for it," then. So he drove and back again. So um, uh, yeah, um, it was a, a cracking sort of a nice day. I did eight mile run in the morning. Before I went, I saw, mate. I saw that on your uh, on your socials. Because uh, those of you that don't know, Manny is currently, amongst other things, training for uh, 
Is it your London. third London marathon? Uh, yeah, I've done a virtual one, which I did off my own back, and then I've done the actual one, um, the, the first one that was after lockdown, and, and this one is back on its traditional date in April. So, man, honestly, running, training for a marathon, oh, eating marathons is easier. <laughs> or as they now called Snickers. Nathan, hi, welcome to the show. Good to have you back, mate. Yeah, evening. How are we doing, Dave? Yeah, good. I mean, as I say, I had a very long weekend. I've been uh, in between work today. I've had... People probably don't realise how, how much work you had to put into doing YouTube and stuff because we had two interviews after the match. There's a match vlog, an international fan reaction, getting this sorted. Uh, and I'm also uh, doing a... Uh, I've got to do a video and a podcast uh, which I've got to record, I think, tomorrow night for Hope, for Hope United. Um, for those of you that don't know, they are um, are all against online abuse and they're doing uh, their campaign on the moment is about um, stamping out homophobia and stuff like that. So I've got a couple of guests coming on with uh, regards to that to to help uh, raise awareness for that so that's it's been a busy old day and i'm absolutely shattered but we have to have extra time and i'm so glad uh that you've taken the time out to join us this evening uh, did you go yeah. or did you watch it on the box uh i watched it on the box i've been to newcastle a couple of times and i just thought <laughs> sunday four 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 thirty uh yeah. yeah i'll give that one a miss and um I'm I'm half glad I did, given the given the way the match went and and the performance. But equally, I, I never missed the away match. It's a real shame. Well, Manny, um, yeah. you know, talking about uh, talking about training for a marathon and your cardio, you get like going up them steps in Newcastle. What's that like? I, I actually I, I jogged up them <laughs> to carry on my fitness. You <laughs> jogged up. The steps. I jumped up the steps. <laughs> My sons think I'm mad. You have to have a bit of madness when you do all these challenges. Don't worry about that, mate. No, um, uh, we went up and we parked. Actually, we um, we didn't book parking. Usually, we book parking, and we literally drove to the ground at about two o'clock. Literally drove to the ground, and there's a car park just right next door to it. So we parked at the ground virtually, and um, we just got out of car, and there we were outside. So we were there well early, and um. Uh, I met a few fans. I met actually a really lovely Sikh um, Newcastle fan who had to move down to London for his work. And now his son's old enough and he's desperate for his son not to follow United and Liverpool and Man City and all the big teams, all the all the London teams. And he flies to Newcastle with his son to make sure he becomes a Newcastle fan. So that was, it was great meeting him and, you know, having a... Uh, a bit of chat with him, and um, uh, he actually sent me a good a good message after he thought we we should have got a point, and we probably you know Nick Pope was probably a bit um, lucky to be on the pitch. He said that was his word. So um, uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a really good day, Dave. Um, yeah, the football. We're Wolves fans. We you know <laughs> we're used to the football spoiling it for us sometimes, um, uh, but football's more than that, isn't it? It's, it's about the day out and meeting fans and. And connecting with others and having the crack and, and just having a release from your everyday life. Um, uh, I'll tell you what, mate, that's exa exactly, exactly it, to be honest. I mean, like, we went up. I went up with Paul, um, Chris, Balak and obviously Emma. Um, we stopped off at the service on the Saturday, a lovely leisurely day. Um, yeah. Paul sort the itinerary. We went into watch. we watched the rugby in a sports <laughs> bar. 
watched the rugby in a sports bar and they got absolutely tanked. I watched the Man City thing and I'll share something a little bit later, which was a bit odd um, because there was uh, loads of people in there and there's this, uh, this, one, this one group that were in there. I'll come back onto that a little bit later, which was quite humorous. And, um, and then we went from there, we went to this uh, place called Branches, which was um, an absolutely uh, beautiful restaurant, uh, state restaurant, there were loads of things. Um, it was beautiful. Um, we were under, they put us under this tree type of thing where we were. If you follow us on Instagram, you might have seen that. Might have seen but that. On the table opposite, Lee Westwood. Yeah, okay. The golfer. Yeah, yeah. Isn't he, a, is he a Forest fan or is he? I think he's a Forest fan, yeah. Forest fan, isn't he? He was there with his family and everything. He's really tall. He's like, you know, yeah. uh, he was there, he was <clears> on the table opposite. It was brilliant. Mm. Obviously, um, Paul was talking about going to Pop World. I think he was more in jest than anything else. But we, um, we, we, yes, we went back to the hotel. Uh, Foreigner, I want to know what love, love is. Was on 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 in the radio on the uh, on the Uber on the way back, and the uh, the Uber driver turned it up, and we're all singing that on the way in and stuff like that. And that was uh, that was brilliant. Uh, had, a, had a brekkie in the morning. In the morning. Nice leisurely. Uh, went into a Starbucks, not a Costa like that you do. Money and then obviously into the game and uh, and then obviously what transpired uh, transpired but it was a it was a it was a great weekend did the reactions after the game got back really really late <coughs> but let's get stuck into the uh, yeah. into the game Nathan yeah. um, how did you feel about the general game itself. Well, I think this is where probably myself and Manny might have a different a difference of opinion in terms of the penalty shout. Um, if we come to that first, give it. And we talked about this earlier. Give if that was outside the box, ninety-nine times out of hundred, to be a free kick in the box, it's always a little bit different. Um, I think Jimenez obviously instigated the movement into uh, into Pope. Pope didn't, you know, cover himself in any glory, but I think the first movement was Jimenez. And then Pope's obviously wrapped his arms around him a little bit and he's gone down. Now, I'm still surprised VAR didn't give it, but I can see why they didn't. And looking at replays, it, it does look like Jimenez was the first instigator. That aside, um, and, and I'm guessing there'll be lots of chat on that. That aside, um, <coughs> it wasn't the best of performances. I think that the change from three to five, uh, you know, as as Lockpatake has already said, um, I think that backfired. I think it was too negative and it just played into Newcastle's hands and they were able to get, get through the lines and, and round the side. So um, I don't think we set up rightly. I think Pedence is still a little bit far away from match fitness for me and I, I wouldn't have started Pedence. Um, Trari, I think, was was unlucky to get the hook because I think he was causing them a few issues. Um, and again, that number nine with uh, Martinho, that, that experiment hasn't worked up to now. And I'm amazed he still keeps trying it. So um, I'd be interested to see what uh, wow, people think Nathan, on the penalty. Virtually every single thing that you've said there, I completely disagree with on everything. Brilliant. But that's why we love it. But I'm kind of like going to come in in a bit. Uh, I'm going to bring in Manny now to, uh, <laughs> to come back on what you said um, on, all, on those points. Well, first of all, the game itself. Um, we were in the game. You know, even at nil-nil, we'd started, I thought we started okay for an away I team. 
I against agree. against a team that remember uh, uh, challenging for top four, but a, a tremendous season, very hard to break down. I thought we were getting in some good positions, and um, and then obviously that you know decision came, and it's the kind of thing that I've just said explained to Nathan just before. If that happens anywhere on the pitch, it's always a foul. It's just always a foul because the keeper has lost the ball. The ball's come into Pope. Pope has then tried to take it into the penalty area, but he's took it too far and he knows it's gone too far. Jimenez did not stop running. One thing Raul did, he ran everywhere. I mean, he just did, he, he closed him down two or three times in the second half. So Raul, brilliant closing down, um, got his foot to it. And as soon as the player gets the foot to it, that keeper was in sort of no man's land. And yes, it's the kind of challenge, the more you watch it and the more you go and slow it down, then you can probably say, oh, yeah, but, you know, but those are the type of challenges Jack Grealish will win every week. You know, he'll win it 20 times. He'll know that the player's there. He'll feel the player. He'll go down. Mo Salah does it all the time. Michael Owen was a an absolute... Um, Legend at doing that, winning penalties left, right and centre, just feeling the contact going down. Now, this was a bit more than feeling the contact. You know, Pope had lost possession and his hand was there. And it's the kind of thing that people say, well, it's minimal contact. Well, actually, that doesn't matter if he's lost and you've made contact. You know, a lot of penalties get given where it's minimal contact and you go down. But... Because the referee didn't give it, because he wasn't up with play, and you can probably see why he didn't give it. The linesman was right next to it. Why he's not flagged, but linesmen, let's be honest, they're redundant. They don't do anything. They don't even put their flag up for offside. So they're just basically spectators who've come to see the match, right? VAR have got an instruction, haven't they? If it's not clear and obvious, and the more you watch it and the more it's replayed, they will side on the the decision of the referee. And I was thinking back, I'm a big cricket fan, so in cricket, if there's a catch, for example, and they don't know whether it's been caught, the umpire will give a soft signal. He won't give the full signal. He'll give a soft signal. And the soft signal is to the VAR saying, I don't think it's a penalty, which means the VAR, if they can't find proof, they will stick with his decision. And that's the thing, because the referee on the pitch has said no penalty, quite clearly, waved it away, um, then VAR have to conclusively prove that it was to overturn the referee's decision, right? That's how it works. That's how VAR works. So it's the kind of thing that needed to be given, I think, on the pitch straight away. Uh, and we would have said, yeah, OK. And I've spoken to Newcastle fans. You've you've heard all the pundits, everyone. I haven't, you know, from Alan Shearer to Tim Howard was on American TV, who was a goalkeeper. All of them said it was a red card. Uh, sorry, it was a penalty. All of them said it was a penalty. The red card, it all depends on where the ball went, how far it was. Would Raul have got it there because it was going wide? Um, that might have um, stopped the red card. But literally everybody called penalty at the time. And the more you watch it and the more it goes through uh, and the more you watch it the day after, yeah, you can probably come up with, you know, once you've had 749 views of it, um, <laughs> a, a different aspect but you can have that about any challenge I think so I think Wolves are really really unlucky even that fan I met you know at the, before the start of the game he, he texted me straight away and said Pope shouldn't be on the pitch um, you were you were, you were unlucky so you know 
the actual motion of the of the of the play, it just looked like a penalty. We were all confused because we're like three point four miles away up in the sky. We we I was texting frantically to ask people, is it a penalty? Is it a penalty? And literally I, I didn't get one person say no. The initial, you know, that initial when you see it, you think penalty. That's all you think. And the only person that didn't was the referee and his and that's the problem. Once VAR then start checking it, I don't think they're going to overturn unless it's like. I, I mean, from our from my point of view, watching obviously from the stands, everyone around me, the second it happened, everyone screaming penalty. We saw yeah. it happen in live. We're a long way up, but we're, it's down our end of the pitch, and mm. like we're all like, th- and then there's a like this gap, and we're all thinking, oh well, this is going to. I mean, Emma's next to me. I was waiting for the screen to show VAR checking. Yeah, that's exactly what we were expecting. Emma's like said this thing. It was so long. It's it's like it's going to get turned over. It's so obvious it's going to get turned over by VAR. And then it's like, what's what's happening? And and like, if you probably, Nathan, if you're watching it from home, um, you've got the benefit of the replays that are happening live on the screen. Obviously, as you know, in the stadium, we're like looking at each other. What's yeah. trying to get onto Twitter, every or whatever? Everyone's trying to get the access, but you can't really get onto the internet as well. And we just, you know, you got you got Raul that's look, going like this. And I, I made a comment after after the game because not having seen it back, I've got to do these interviews after the game and stuff like that. People are going on what the Sky pundits. Alan Shearer is a Newcastle legend. Even he's saying it's a penalty. This is. You ain't going to get any more one-sided on Newcastle than Alan Shearer. He said it was. Everyone said it was. I had, like, after the game, around about 120 comments on the uh, reaction video. Pretty much 95% of them are like, it's a, stra- it's a penalty. Around about 20 of them are Newcastle fans. And pretty much every single Newcastle fan are saying it's a penalty and probably a red card. These are Newcastle fans that are saying yeah. this. So it's like, yes, it was soft. But to me, Pope lost the ball. And then Ralph caught the in. He, Why is he going to go down? He's got an you know, open you, you know how many times you see like a player go past a player and then there's a little touch or a tug back on the shoulder and the straight away, it's a yellow card. Referee gives a yellow card straight away. It's minimal contact as the player brushes past somebody and because it's impeded his run. They give a yellow card because you're not allowed to do that. He's lost control of the ball. So that's my argument is just because it's in the box, the rules don't change. Rules don't change because it's in the box. Whether it's outside the box or inside the box, a foul's a foul, you know, and, and that's my issue. And, and I think VAR on those type of decisions will never, because it's minimal, will never overturn. It has to be proper bang. Yeah, that's done. So it had to be made on the pitch. And why ref- linesmen can't can't flag and just do the old-fashioned flag and call the, the referee over and say, that's a foul. He's just tugged him back. You didn't see it, but I saw it. Okay, penalty. And then VAR would have stuck by penalty because they wouldn't have had sufficient evidence to overturn it to say it wasn't a penalty. So it would have been a penalty. So it all oh. depended on what the referees did. Because Howard Webb has introduced these things of like more, let's stick with the on-field decisions. But the referee was on the halfway line. He couldn't have, he wasn't close in, he was so far away. Question I want to ask to Nathan, 
is this, because obviously this is what we're talking, and it's good to have uh, interesting things. It's been said in the in the thing. If it's a, if it's a, it's a free kick outside the box, was it not a penalty inside the box? And also, the question from mm -hmm. me to you is, why would a striker that is clean through on goal, an open goal, go down? Yeah, and I'm sticking by my decision despite all of the arguments. Um, Jimenez instigated the move. Now, now Manny mentioned oh, earlier. I disagree Salah. with that, Nathan. Because he no, did. no, he did. Let me watch it back. Pope lost the ball. You watch it back, and Jimenez slammed himself into Pope and then fell down. Now you said, "Why would he do that?" Well, he's doing it because he thinks he can get a penalty. Now, Manny mentioned Grealish, Salah, players of that ilk that instigate penalties, they instigate fouls, you know, they 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 trip over a, a foot to try and get that penalty. And it's it's the modern game, and it's something it I just, just detest, that it's perhaps I'm too old school. I think a penalty should be a penalty. Not Jimenez has bumped into Pope, and then Pope's, you know, hit him, and he's gone down. I think, well, if Pope's wiped him out completely, that's a penalty, but it's it's so inconclusive that Jimenez has instigated that first movement. Now, Nathan, I know Nathan. I'm in a minority. And, 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 you know, people are saying on here, pundits, pundits, pundits. They've all said, I don't care what anyone else says. This is my view that yeah. it just didn't look a clear penalty. Now, just to come back to you, your earlier point about it's outside the box, I don't think they're under as much scrutiny when they're outside the box. And I think they're much more likely to give a foul because the the implications of a penalty and you know the, the difference that's going to make on the game isn't as you know isn't as great as a, a free kick outside the box. However, I do agree that if it's given outside the box, it should be given in the box. But in this yeah. instance, I really do believe it wasn't a penalty. Go on, Nathan. Manny. This is why. It, this look, I agree with what you're saying that there's lots of soft fouls and soft. And and we are old fashioned, and a tackle should be a tackle or wipe. But We've got to be consistent. So if Grealish can get them and Salah can get them, is Raul, oh, Raul, Raul plays for Wolves? He can't, you know, people come up with those theories because they think, well, yeah, yeah. they would have got it. Um, uh, uh, Saka would have got that. Salah would have got that. Grealish would have got that. So if that's the rules that they're adopting in modern football, if there's contact and it's a foul, and we're going to give it, then they've got to be consistent with that. They can't at that moment think, oh, this is Sunday, 4.30. Let's play good old-fashioned football today. Forget what's happened in the Premier League. That's the current situation. So in the current situation, that consistency has to carry on. And because of that, that's why I'm saying it should be a penalty. Yes, I do agree partly with what you're saying, Nathan, is like there's so many soft fouls and... and and it is stupid, it is frustrating because you see players go down left, right and centre. But that's the modern game. Whether you hate it or like it, that is it. And because it is the modern game, it should have been given for me. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I, I, this is great debate. And, I, I, you know, obviously you make your point, Nathan, about it being soft. I'm not going to argue with this. I, I, I personally don't think Raul instigated it because Pope lost the ball. Raul was sharp enough to get to the ball and then it all happened like that. Uh, the question that I have to you is, why would Raul go down when he's got he's clean through on goal to an open goal? Why would he go down? Personally, uh, personally, Dave, I don't think he was clean through on goal. You don't? I don't agree with that, no. He was on the side of the goal, mate. He was war He was going yeah. to the touchline. He would have struggled to keep the ball in play. <laughs> 
So I don't think yeah, it's clean. I mean, through. like he'd won the ball inside yeah. the area. He won the ball. He won the ball and he got fouled. It should have been a penalty. But I, I, I so that's where I disagree. Maybe red card, maybe not, because it all that all then depends. As soon as you give penalty, then the second decision is: is it a red card? And they would have judged where the ball was, where he's played it. Would he have got control? And and I thought it was a bit wide, to be fair. And that might have been in Raul's head, thinking, "Oh, but yeah, well, that's gone wide." Let's try and win a penalty. It might have been, but the contact was there. And as soon as the contact's made and Pope's lost the ball, then the penalty has to be given for me because that's how they referee games, uh, apart from when it's Wolves, people say, you know. So, like I said, if it's Arsenal, Man United, if Bruno Fernandes gets it and Salah gets it and Grealish gets it and Saka gets it, they get them. They do that all the time. They, they know the foot hangs out and they know the hand hangs out and they go out. We're going to move on from this in a second, but this all comes back to why Wolves fans generally are getting more and more and more upset about it's not, I mean, like it's not one decision, it's four or five decisions. The Forest penalty not given, you know, the Lamina sending off. Um, there was another one recently as well. The Liverpool goal should have been. Because it wasn't a camera angle. Wolves there was that Nunez, the, Nunez at Forest. You know, I thought that was pretty. Yeah. You know, yeah. Stood on his boot. Stood on his boot. His boot came off. You know, when Nunez yeah. went through against Forest. Exactly. And yeah. Wolves have had four or five players sent off this year. Four or five players red cards. We had a penalty early doors. We don't get these decisions constantly. And the thing is. That why people are getting it. This is this is costing points and could cost Wolves Premier League survival. These decisions because there's a lot that go against us. And this is if it's one if it's an incident one off on its own, you go okay, it's a mistake. But it's it's a it's happening four or five times in the last two months, and it's cost us. I mean, luckily with Southampton, we managed to somehow managed to win the game with ten men. Amazing. You know, Forest, okay, we got knocked out of the cup. It was like we could have had a semi final, we'd have probably gone out in the semis, maybe. You know, the Liverpool one was the cup again, yeah. but this was obviously three points on the line. And if Wolves had got that penalty, we'd have been one nil up. If Pope doesn't get sent off, we don't lose many goals from from taking the lead. We maybe it'd been another one one draw. If he gets sent off, you go on and think Wolves are gonna take them points. So that's why these little decisions do do not seem to go for us time yeah. after time after time. Well, you know, let's, let's Newcastle end. I guarantee that's a penalty and given. So you know what? Let's go away from that for a minute. You know, and yeah, it was probably a game changing moment. But we got back in the game. We have to remember this as well. In the game, you know, Nathan's just mentioned his, his sort of when Lopetegui made those changes. Up until they scored, we were well in the game. When they scored that header from, you know, man, Johnny marking Isaac. That was like, <laughs> there's no way he was going to leap up with Isaac. Isaac is so good in the air and Johnny's marking him. So that needs reviewing when you've got Dawson and um, uh, Kilman there. You know, what the hell is Johnny marking their best header of the ball? A great header. And then we were under the cosh. We were under the cosh. And I agree to an extent that Adama was playing well. But what Adama does not do, what he can't do in a four, 
And remember last week he played brilliantly because it was a five. He didn't, in a five, he doesn't need defensive responsibilities at armour. He can just hang up on the wing. When you're in a four, you have to track back and help Smado out. And Smado was being overrun with that long ball yeah, over yeah. Smado's. And how many times Newcastle got in on that side? Not because Smado was struggling. It was just he needed a bit of help. It's just normal to double up. Everyone doubles up on our wingers and we have to double up on theirs. And Adama does not do that. He's not that type of player. So I could, I think that's why he was taken off. That's the reason, right? And um, uh, and then second half again, I thought we started tremendously. We, we got a foothold. Neto came on. He made those changes. And initially the changes were okay because we got back in the match. We forced saves. We... Um, you know, we attacked and then we eventually scored. Yes, it was a mistake by them. And we're back in the game. And if if people had said, going into the Leeds game, we got a good draw away at Newcastle, we'd all be very confident. Yeah, and I happy. said before the game, you know, I'd take a point. Oh, you'd take a point yeah. at a top six side and then going into a home, home match against a bottom three side. That's sort of an ideal sort of a, a scenario. So we were in that position and we were in that position. And then... Lopetegui, even though Matinho doesn't work in that number 10 hole, actually, when he made the changes, Matinho was playing really well after Neves went off. Matinho was actually managing the game, I thought, really See, this, well. This at one one. Thing. I gave Matinho man uh, of the match. I thought he was, he was, he was awesome. Players. My son my son is like, he's 18, and he he, he loves the young players, and he always gives the, the old ones stick because they're too slow and they're too, you know, typical... Young Wolves kid, he is my son. But he said Matinho has been fantastic this second half. He is absolutely controlling that midfield. And then suddenly, bang, he's gone. Nathan Collins comes on, and I I know why he's doing that because Eight Nuri's not a defender. He's not a fallback man. He wants him to play as a winger because he can't defend. Suddenly, Eight Nuri's hanging on the wing. We've only got three at the back, and and we're overrun. And Almiron's left totally alone and like the three centrals sort of out of position, like they hadn't adjusted to that formation. And and we're back to one and then the game just peter, peters out because we were well in that game and um, potentially might have gone on to maybe get a chance. You know, you're dreaming of maybe... Man, I, late, thought, I thought before dinner. he made a change to five, after we got the equaliser, and let's face it, you know, I mean, up until, up until the penalty incident, I thought we were... We were very good. I thought for two or three minutes after the penalty incident, Newcastle were all at sea and shaken. They got that free kick. They scored the goal. And then yeah, we could have been three or four pain. down by half-time. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, when when he changed it to that, uh, changed it, it took... We, we, we Once we got in the game after that lucky goal, which, you know, it, it went for us, I thought potentially we were going to go and go on and win that game at that point. And then I think Lopetegui said himself he made a mistake, um, yeah. changed it to a back five. I mean, Nathan, let's move on from the penalty because obviously I, I love the fact that you come on. The one thing I love about you, Nathan, you will always speak your mind, you'll stick to your points and you'll argue it very eloquently, which is what we want. We don't want everyone agreeing because that would be blooming boring if we did that. Let's move on um, on to things because... Obviously, myself and Manny have talked about um, Matinho. And right at the top was one of these things you, you mentioned about Matinho as well. Um, 
I mean, I, I like I say, I thought he had a fantastic game. I gave him my personal man of the match. But obviously, after they scored, we sort of like fell up, fell up, fell away until you made the changes and we got the goal. Just talk us through the rest of the game and your thought process. When I kind of criticise Matinho, I'm not criticising the little genius that he is. I think it's just the un- the is unfair it? position that Lopetegui's putting him in. So that number ten position is not a natural position for Matinho. We know that. He's a, you know he's he's fantastic in the middle with Neves. You know he, he he dictates play. He's like a metronome. He's keeping the ball moving all the time. But you know why didn't he play Kuna? Why didn't we see Kuna? I know he's coming back to fitness, yeah. but I don't get. You know, you're chasing the game. You're trying to... He, he, he'll admit himself, he went too negative with the five. We all know that. And once you've gone five, we're almost just... Um, Inviting we're just on. attracting. Yeah, mm. we're just saying, come on to us. And we, we didn't have enough going forward at that point. And we are we have been all season. We've been too slow to get the ball forward. We know that. We Not in terms of lumping it forward like a an old championship team. But if you look at other teams, the way they... They'll get the ball forward after a couple of passes, and we sometimes play within ourselves, and it's a bit negative, and we'll turn back on, you know, turn back onto the defence. And <coughs> you'd hope that had been eradicated, but I think we were seeing that against Newcastle again, that that negativity creeping in, almost just scared to take a risk and go forward. Um, which is why I like Adama. You know, sometimes he is marmite with the fans, but. He just gives you that little spark, that little something. And I would have kept him on, even you know. And if we're going to switch to a five. He's your perfect man to to leave someone at the back and 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 just you know give it to him forward. Anyway, that aside, um, I agree with what Manny said. We were in that game nearly all the time. It's just the silly goal we gave away, and mm. then uh, you know with um, with armor on, just letting him run free on that side. But I think it was there was a, a ricochet and it came back to armor on again. We were a bit unlucky with that. Um, but Pedence had a poor game apart from his shot. I don't think he offers much at the moment. Um, Jimenez is coming back to some kind of form. I mean, I thought he was fantastic again, as he was in the last game. You can see yeah. that there's a little spark there of the old Jimenez. And mm. God, wouldn't we just love him to score and come back? And, you know, if he'd have got the winner in that game, it would have just been joyous, but he didn't. Neves yeah. was fantastic. Again, he's uh, he's probably been our best player this season. But I think it all fell apart when we, we went too negative. And, you know, Collins coming on. He looks very nervy on the ball. I, I think he lacks um, confidence at the moment. So uh, we ju- we were just attracting that 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 pressure. But Sar had another good game. Sar, you know, for me, Sar's been brilliant the last few games. Since, good shot since Man City, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Collins had a good game in the last game that he came on. He looked good. But he, yeah. again, I think it was settled. I'd have laid the red carpet out to have card. had uh, Kuna come on. Um, towards the end, to be honest, that would have been pretty good. And I think the point that you make and about Matinho playing in that number ten role, Lopetegui just seemed to keep like putting him there. He, that isn't his natural position, is it, Manny? Really? Uh, who who is that? Sorry, Matinho. Yeah. So you know he's 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 very experimental. Which when it comes off, it's great. He's the best tactician. You know, like last week, he went five. It was last week was like watching Raul and Adama and Jota when three of them played. Cunha, Raul, and Adama were like the old triumvirate of um, uh, you know brilliant attacking, and that's uh, what Nathan just said. At five, that's when you, uh, we wish we had rolling subs where we could bring Adama back on because it, it would have been a perfect situation to have a Cunha, Raul, 
it worked in the last game and then we it, didn't even yeah. try that. If he wanted to go five, why didn't he go five with the way we played last week? Eight shots, five on target, scored a goal, could have scored more in one half of football. Absolutely. It was fantastic. So when we're playing that well and that um, progressive, but he didn't use any of those players up front, uh, apart from Raul, who was knackered by then anyway, uh, I didn't understand where was Cooney. You know, if he's on the bench, he's good enough. He, he came on. He came on at the last game. So why didn't he come on this game? I didn't understand that. And um, you know, Dharma maybe it's the, the kind of game where he if he if he's got it in his thoughts, I'm going to go to a five. Keep Adama back then and bring him on in the second half and bring him on as as the as the double change where you're bringing Collins, but you're telling the opposition. Um, this is not a defensive change. This is actually attacking because I'm also bringing Adama on. So now you're going to be scared thinking, oh, we're sitting back and Adama's going to be left high. So that worked, didn't it? That worked against Spurs. So why didn't he try it? He, like my son said, as soon as he took Adama off, he said, well, we've wasted Adama then because we haven't got him now to bring on because we've wasted him. We've just took him off and we've wasted him in the wrong formation. And I reckon Dharma Troyer can't play when we play four at the back. He can only play when we play five because then you can just give him free license to say, you stay up, you don't have to track back. We've got enough. So, um, and you saw the best days of Adama were always in a five. Manny, you made this point before about Adama. He is like yeah. a high impact player. And he's some people call it laziness when he he's doesn't track runner. back. But what mm. did you say about that? Yeah, so, you know, Adama Troyer, he's not built like a footballer. You look at him, he's not built like a footballer. He's like a Olympic 100-metre sprinter when they line up, you know, that old, I was going to say Ben Johnson, but I'm going to say Ben Johnson. <laughs> but he is that type of sprinter, isn't he? So when a sprinter sprints, when you've sprinted for just 10 seconds, they're out of breath, man. They're out of breath like they've run a marathon. It's explosive pace to run at that speed. So when people shout at him, say, oh, get back in position, trap, he can't, can't do it. He's not a runner. He's not a road runner that can just, like a marathon runner, he'd be up and down, wouldn't he? He wouldn't have the explosive pace, but he'd be up and down, up and down. He can't do that at Armacon. So you've got to play him in a position where you say, that's your position, hug the touchline, your job, get to the byline, put the crosses in and put the fear of God. You don't have respect, defensive responsibilities apart from set pieces because we've got enough cover in the first half. And it, whenever we're playing a four, um, he can't track back. And he has to play in a five. Uh, so if Lopetegui wants to go to five in games, keep Adama back because I think then he's a real secret weapon. So, but Cunha, you know, every forty-seven minutes we've scored when Cunha's been on the pitch. Is that is that right? Yeah, yeah. When every he's played three hundred and something minutes, he's played, and the amount of goals we scored. So we score on average. It's not nearly. It's nearly two a game. When he's I been on, the pitch. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he came on and we scored, and obviously played. You know, we, we played Liverpool, and so overall, that's that's some players just have that impact without scoring themselves because of the positions you take and that positional sense then frees up other players to express themselves. So, um, uh, you know, I do not know why he did not start, unless, like you said, he was. Injured, but it shouldn't be on the bench if he's injured, you know. Sarabi so, so, um, so, so was out as well, wasn't he? Um, yes, yeah, Sarabi's apparently got a knock, but we've got enough cover. So for, for once, we've got a bench where we've got options. We had lots of options, and, and then we're frustrated we didn't use all of them because we had oh. we had them. And um, uh, you it was know, good to uh, see Wang 
back on the pitch though, and it was confidence, no harm. I mean, it, I mean, he ain't going to score an easier goal than that, is he, Nathan? No, absolutely not. No, you know, I've never been Quang's biggest advocate. I'd have never understood quite what he offers. He's a busy little player, though, and to be honest, the he needed his energy against Newcastle, and I think he added something. He's there's a player there somewhere. You know, if if Lopetegui can get a bit more out of him, um, I think he could be a real asset. But he's you know, he's flattered to deceive after those early two goals on loan. And then he's just dry all this time. Uh, but then so, so many players have. Everyone else uh, is. <laughs> yeah, shy think, in front of goals. So Lopetegui really liked Wang because if he, before he was injured, he was starting every game as well. Didn't he yeah. have, to have him to the previous club as well? I don't know, Dave. But I, no, I have to sure say, like, um, Lopetegui's bought more out of him than Bruno Large did. Under Bruno Large, he was out of the door, wasn't he? I mean, he was literally being booed off. Fans were just going mad at him for everything that he was doing. And um, uh, I, I, I think he's had a little bit of a new lease of life under Lopetegui and then he gets injured. So, um, But again, I think he's not a starter. I don't really see him as a starter, no. but he's, he's the kind of player, you know, like Nathan said, when you're chasing a game or where you just need a bit of energy and, and we're flagging a bit because he will run forever, won't he, Huang? He's a runner. Where Dharma's not a runner, he is a runner. He will run everywhere. So I think there's a there's a place for him in the squad. We're probably not in the team. And it's good to see him score. And, you know, it's just a little bit of confidence and it gives players confidence when, when you score. And if we'd have kept a point, then we would all been singing his name today because he's he's got us a point. You know, he scored a goal. So um, we can't forget that he did. He was still in that position, you know, to to, to be there to, to put the ball in. Back and on it in. as well. It's yeah. just, as I say, once we got back into the game, it's just a shame we couldn't get on and uh, and come on. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Why with the point? We're going to move on now to, um, and don't forget guys, look out for the secret word. It is in there somewhere tonight. We're going to look, we're going to go now to uh, Nathan first. Uh, highlight of the day doesn't have to be around the game. It could be anything. Moment of the day, man of the match, performance rating, and the question tonight is: As it's our captain's twenty-sixth birthday, and I know you've been watching Ruben. Uh, this is what uh, Nathan would get you for your uh, for your birthday as well. Which isn't easy, is it, for a man who's got just about everything already? Um, I think if we go to let's start with just um, man of the match. Now, regardless of what I've just said, I, I do think Matinho for me was head and shoulders in that midfield and he, he ran the show. So, albeit 10's not his best position, he's still a, he's, you know, he's, he's a Rolls Royce of a player, isn't he? And I think he is, mate. You know, I we'll mean, look, I still pinch we'll myself look, to think he's played for us for over 100, we'll, we'll 100 games now, 200 games. More games for us than any other club, you know, that he's been. Yeah. League games, yeah, yeah. definitely. 
I think we'll we'll look back in years to come and, you know, as with Neves, you won't believe that a player of that calibre played for this club. Um, uh, I'd probably give us about a six, I think, in terms of yeah. uh, rating on the pit. I think that's fair. You know, I'm usually a bit harsh with my ratings, but I think six out of ten. We huffed and puffed, but I don't think there was quite enough quality to, to blow their doors down in the end. No. Um, and what was the final one? Sorry, Dave. Was, was that the two? And the third was the Nevers, Nevers the birthday moment, present. Moment highlight of the day. And your birthday Highlights present. Highlights of the day. Uh, highlights of the day. I'd probably say Huang's goal. I really just to see you know the smile on the kid's face. It was it was nice for him to yes. to get. And, and as Manny said, it'll do his confidence in the world of good. He might not be the, the greatest player we've ever had, but he offers something. And you know, if he's getting in those positions, then then brilliant. Um, Never's his birthday present. I gave this a little bit of thought. I'd uh, I give him ten ten percent of the wolves. I give him ten percent of the club. Try and keep him. You know, if, if we need if we need a way to keep Never's at the club, give him a bit of give him a bit of the club. Make him invested and say right. You know, uh, as long as you stay at the club, uh, this is yours. And I mean, you know, I think that hopefully, like Martino, would be great if there was a role at the end of it to. Yeah, I mean, five-year contract would be lovely, but I think if there was a role at the end of his playing career at Wolves, I mean, wouldn't that be amazing to keep him for another 10 years? And then we all don't think it's going to happen. But we we say this every season. Everybody's we, always we worried. We absolutely do, you know. Every season we always say, when's Neves going? And I think we, we need to try and stop that fear factor and just mm -hmm. be thankful that we've got him. I mean, we I must say that Derby goal on my timeline... Uh, couple of times a week, the Derby goals just reposted. And I still watch it in awe every time. And I still remember being there. Coming up, my the anniversary, that's coming up as well. Yeah. It is, yeah. Um, but you'll see it a lot. player, so say again. You'll be probably seeing it a lot when he comes up. But that's yes. So, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd roll the red carpet out for Neves and just give him whatever he wanted at the club. And if that's 10%, 15% to keep him at the club, then then all be, you know, fantastic. Love it, Nathan. Right, Manny, that the uh, the mantle goes over to you. The bat on his back. You pass. know what? Um, the game, I'd say, I, I agree with six. Six is a fair. And six would have been enough to get a point, I think, because Newcastle weren't much more than a six themselves. So, you know, they, they just capitalised on, on, on a moment and scored that goal to get a win. So... Um, man of the match, I'd like to go with someone different. I'm, I'm Matinho as well. You know, um, I, I promised my son I'd say Matinho, but I know you've said Matinho, Dave, and, and now Nathan has. It'd be a bit, a bit of a boring show if I say Matinho. So I'm just going to be... I agree you know, sometimes, though. I'm going to give it to our diver up front, Raul. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yes, he didn't really have any clear-cut chances to score, but he worked so hard, and 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 as a as a new hunger, there's like a new desire. It's almost yeah. like Lopetegui or the coaching staff has, has has got through to him now, where there was this: oh, is he is he on his way? Is he going to Mexico for treatment? What's happening? Does he care about the club? There's lots of questions. I think he's answering those questions now, and and we just need to get behind him because we haven't got another real striker up there, like proper striker. I don't see Cooney as being that type of striker. So we got to get behind him because he's still our most likely route to goal out of all the strikers we've got with their zero goals. He's still our, you know, most likely route. So I'll give it to him. Uh, moment of the day. Um, 
you know, oh, man, I'd, I'd, I'd say meeting those fans, those Newcastle fans, it was really special oh, hearing the story. One, that's a good one. You know, and the little kid, uh, his father desperate that his kid follows Newcastle. So he's flying him from London to make sure he follows the, you know, which is great. I mean, I don't know why he's flying because nobody goes on a train from London to Newcastle unless you're, you're a millionaire like, <laughs> with railway prices. But, um, yeah, so uh, it's nice to engage with. I think years gone by, you went to away grounds. You never really engaged with home fans and away fans. There I was segregation. The and there was like, you know, police cordons and everything. And he was escorted mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Now you can actually go there and you can talk to the fans. You can have a coffee with them. And they'll even review the match with you after, regardless of how it's gone. I've even gone to Chelsea, where Chelsea get like, such a bad reputation. And sat down with Chelsea fans after and talked about the game, you know. Uh, I think we drew one once and uh, we had a great chat with them. So it's great um, connecting with uh, away fans. Um, Neves. Okay. Neves. What do I buy him? A box I'm going to bu- you know, buy him. I'm going to make him a samosa, right? A special samosa. I'm going to feed it him and then he's going to collapse in a heap. I'm going to kidnap him, right? I'm going to kidnap him, bundle him into my car, right? Bring him home, tie him up, right? Show him a piece of paper and tell him to sign at the bottom. He's going to sign and then he's going to wake up and he's going to be unveiled with his 2028 shirt because he signed this new contract that he's never aware of. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> you heard it here first. You know, it would be magical, absolute magical. And he's the most down-to-earth, very humble Literally, you never see him. He's never going to appear on the front page of a paper. He's never going to have put a, a, a you know step out of place because none of that inspires him. It, it, he's not you know a flash. He's not the big cars and the big houses and and I want to be seen everywhere and the designer clothes. He's not that type of person. He's just family man. Neves loves his partner, loves his kids, and um, uh, and because he sees that benefit, he stays because it's bringing him peace of mind. For six years, he's had a very good, happy existence. And some people aren't always after the trappings of life and, you know, uh, and accolades and, and stuff like that. They're just not. At this time, at this time of life, I think he's probably thinking, my kids are young, they're stable, they're settled, let's grow up. And then eventually, I'm only 26, I've got time. And he's, I think he's very unselfish in that way. He probably looks after his family and his kids in a way, which means he will, you know, he could stay with us maybe for another season. It would be absolutely magical if he does. But then obviously we'll be in that dilemma where we've got to cash in as well, you know. But we'll have to see what happens. Like Nathan says, we always think that he's going to go. He's going to go. Every bloody um, match at the end of the season, it's like, you know, wolves of like prading him in the ground. They roll out the red carpet and he walks down the pitch and he waves at all the fans like he's going to go. And he had that tear in his eye. And then next season, yeah. he's yes. turned up again. He's turned up again. So who knows? You know, we still dream. With that picture you've got behind you, Dave, that will be adorning. That pose will be adorning walls and subways and and that will be all over Wolverhampton, you know, for years and years and years to come. And hopefully a statue somewhere one day, you know, uh, because the guy's been an absolute legend 
the best signing in the Fosun area era by far. The longevity, everything he's done. And you see the, some of the goals. You saw the collection. Uh, Wolves put the, all the collection on just a few, a few minutes ago. And you just, honestly, you think he plays for us. There's literally nobody who's got a collection of goals like that. And he plays for us. Be thankful that he's um, uh, he's our player. He's our Ruben. And I think he'll always be our Ruben, regardless of where he goes. Do you know what, mate, what you say? There's one thing that I know for sure that Ruben Neves will always love this club. It will always be in his heart. It doesn't matter yeah. where he goes. And he will always be loved always by Wolves fans by and stuff like that for what he's achieved and stuff. We love him and... We don't want him to leave, and um, in a way, I don't think he really wants to leave. But he's got a, a, a short career in football, and you know, I guess he will. <laughs> we say, like we say, we say every year, six years. When he first come, I thought we'd get him for two years. That'd be amazing, and we've had him for six years. And uh, some players, Dave Matt Letizia, could have gone on and won things. Steve Ball could have gone on and tried to win things. Alan Shearer could have gone on to win things. You know, Harry Kane, we talk about him. He's still, you know, sometimes for some people look at the player and think, oh, well, they're not ambitious. Ambitions are different for people. Peace of mind is really important. Being content, having a happy family, your kids growing up well. It's really, really important. So, you know, we, we hope, we sit in hope because... If we carry on investing like we've invested in these two windows, who's to say we can't mount a European challenge? And he thinks, bloody hell, if we get, we, I mean, Lopetegui, we've attracted a top line manager. If we get a top line, we need a striker, we need people to score. But if he sees somebody come in, and, you know, he might think, well, I'll still be 28, 29, I'm fit, I can play till I'm 33, 34. Well, so look, you're only going to look at Matinho, haven't you, and what he's achieving. Anyway, guys, absolutely brilliant. Uh, Nathan, final words from you before we uh, move on? Yeah, just with Ruben Hander stole that uh, goal celebration from Rashford. Yeah, Is that Rashford. always? Uh, yeah. <laughs> he wants to give it back. I mean, Ruben's been doing that for about, what, five, six, well, since he came to the club. Since he came. And then you've got all these, all these copycats now. And you think, find oh, your own bloody celebration. Ruben was the first one, without, without a shadow of a doubt. Absolutely. Manny, mm. um, just a little plug. For uh, Samosa Saturday. Oh, yeah. So, um, uh, April the 8th um, against Chelsea. Uh, Samosa Saturday returns. Um, normal place, normal, you know, just come, have a Samosa. If you want to donate, you can. If you don't, just still have a Samosa. Chat with the fans. It's a, it's a really good community event. Dave knows, you know, lots of people go there and they hang about, mill about. And, and it's... Um, uh, a good positive experience for a lot of people, and and thank you everybody who who supports. So, yeah, eleven till kickoff before the Chelsea game, April the eighth, and then two weeks later, trudging the streets of London looking for an Uber, and then doing my video at the end saying I've done the London Marathon. <laughs> no, I will I will do the best I can. I've been training really hard. I, I really want to give it a good go. So, um, uh, thank I you to you, everybody that's donated. I think you'll break your time. Yeah. From, uh, you know, from uh, all my sources are telling me that uh, you're on fine form, that you're, you, you, all your training speed is faster, so it oh, could no. be a record time. Guys, thanks ever so much for uh, for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed this section of the uh, of the show, having you and Nathan on. I really appreciate it. And Nathan, it's great. Uh, as I say, I love the fact that you always, like, stick to your stick views and stuff. That's, that's what we want. We want debate. 
and uh, the guys in the chat can get involved as well. Right, guys, all the best. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, Manny. Dave. Good... Cheers. Thanks, Nathan. guys. So that's uh, Manny and Nathan. Just a reminder that this show is powered by Wolf Life, local um, local uh, financial consultants company. They do life insurance, mortgages. I know there's quite a few people that have got in touch about their mortgages. Um, they're based in Bilson, part of Acorn to Oaks. Get in touch with Always Wolves or click on the link in the description below and we'll put you in touch uh, with them. Second part of the show, I'm delighted to uh, have us joined by Chris and the voice of reason. The voice of reason, Jack. How are you doing, guys? Evening, you're right. I'm a little bit puzzled after just watching that. I have to say, Mike, well, we're gonna we're gonna come on to that. Yeah. I just just want to say, if you do want to get involved in the chat, and there are uh, nearly 200 of you watching live, and there loads more, will watch it back on catch up, and we'll be listening to it on uh, on the podcast. The channel is now on 30,971 subscribers. We're literally 29 subscribers short of 31,000. If you're new to the channel, you're not subscribed, you know, smash a like on the uh, the video. Let YouTube know you enjoy it and you value this. But why don't you just subscribe and hit that bell notification? Just help us get to that 31,000. Right, Chris, on to you first of all. How are you feeling? Um. I'm reasonably upbeat, to be honest, Dave. I, I think the we're not in the Bruno Larger world anymore, so I can see what the team are trying to do. I can see there is a plan. I can see that we stay in games. I can see that we can maybe nick them. And I'm quite positive in how we're playing. I, 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 I think you asked us all where we thought we'd finish in the league, and I said 18th. I, I think I was the only one that said I think we, we're doomed. I, I don't think that anymore. I don't think we'll go down. I think we're going to be nowhere near it. I, I think the manager's done enough to convince me that um, that we're doing okay. So I'm, I'm not. I'm not um, disappointed in the way we played. And um, some of the guys' takes on not just um, Manny and uh, Nathan, but some of the, the guys' takes on Twitter, the game were a little bit different than mine. Um, I was quite positive. I think. Um, I mean, I gave him a seven as a rating in my match report. I did for the website. I, That's I thought, all with wolves.co.uk. Thanks yeah. for writing the match report, mate. Appreciate it. I, I thought it. I thought. I thought we did okay. Um, I thought the manager made a cock up. Um, I, it went wrong when he took Nutina off. I put a Twitter out. They showed him coming on, and I went, "This was the beginning of the end," because um, that change, I think just destabilised us completely. I, I know what he was trying to do, but it was the wrong match at the wrong time. It worked for him at Spurs, but it didn't work, work at uh, Newcastle. So. Good points. Jack, um, you were there. <coughs> yeah. In fact, you were on the coach messaging me, saying, yeah. Dave, do you want to need a coat? Uh, yeah. was, I'll tell you what, it was surprisingly warm in the state. It got warmer during the day. It did go a bit cold when the the, the sun went down. But it, considering how cold it had been, it was actually quite... I mean, we were sat in the stadium. We, I got my big heavy coat. I took it off. You know, okay, I had, a, I had like a, a jumper underneath my top and everything. But it was... Uh, it ended up being quite a nice day, weather-wise. Um, it was quite nice. And uh, what how far before the game did you get there? Uh, we got there... 
Better off two. Better off past two, so two hours before the game. So, yeah. And, yeah, so you got that. Did you get a chance to mingle around before the match then? Yeah, we went for a, a drink in, um, in a pub called The Strawberry. I don't know if people are familiar. It's like right on the corner of um, St. James's Park by uh, the Shearer statue. Brilliant atmosphere in there. Newcastle fans, Wolves fans, mixing, chatting, that kind of thing. That was really good. And obviously went and uh, we gave ourselves an air and a half to climb the stairs. So, uh, you know, I think you need to. Manny sprinted up the steps. Like I was going to say, I I I took about two breaks on the uh, on the way up, and those people like sat down panting and stuff like that. Manny runs up. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah, Paul. Paul ran up as well. Super fit these guys, you say. Do you know what? Yeah. They should be stood with oxygen masks at the top, shouldn't they? Them stewards, you know, the ones that are going, welcome to you. Give us some oxygen or something. Yeah. But yeah. No, yeah. It's, uh, yes. Yeah. And it's so far, we're, you know, you're so far in the gods. Um, yeah. Let's get straight stuck in anyway, guys, to the uh, to the, the penalty incident. Uh, Chris, to you first. What's your, uh, you, you heard what Nate had to say. You've obviously listened to me. You've listened to Manny and you've, Obviously watched it back, and I think you watched it on the box, didn't you, Chris? Yeah, I, I watched it on the telly. Um, the only thing the referee couldn't do at that instance was to not award a penalty and not do a booking. It either had to be a yellow card, a red card, or a penalty. A penalty, I think, definitely. He had to give a yellow or a red. I, I agree with Manny that. He probably knocked it too far forward and too near the touchline to warrant a red. Um, there wasn't really anybody to get around and cover, but Jimenez got his body between Pope and the ball. Pope had made the error. Jimenez had got his body between him and the ball. The only way Pope was going to get that ball, and he had his arm around Jimenez, was a foul. It's a foul. And this foul anywhere in the in the pitch, not in the... It's, if it's a foul, it's a foul. And it's a, if it's in the box, it's a penalty. Uh, I, I just, you know, this referee is incompetent. Um, and this it's not the first time we've had him. And, and I tell you what, we won't be rolling the red card. We had him at Anfield in the, uh, in the cup, didn't we? Say again? We had him at Anfield in the cup. Yeah, he's, 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 he's no good. He, he's poor. Um, I've, I've got into a lot of... Um, I've got into a lot of arguments this weekend um, on various social media sites, you might see, because people are saying that the referees are corrupt and it's all corrupt. They're not corrupt, they're just crap. And that, that's, that's what it is. It, we, we just haven't got good referees. And until we do something about it, these things are going to happen and happen and happen. And it's not big sides. It's not a new thing, this. You know, people were getting penalties in Fergie time and God knows what for years. And Liverpool in the 70s were getting everything handed to them because it's pressure from the crowd in big arenas. It's going to happen. It's human error to, oh, bloody hell, I'll give a, I'll give a, I'll give a foul there. It's just, that's what it is. It's not corruption. It's incompetence. And, and, and so it was a penalty all day long. Uh, well, we just saw Sean Drew, uh, who's, who said penalty in a red card, and he's a Toon fan, um, interestingly enough. Um, Neil, Neil does seem to think that it's, uh, it's corrupt. Um, I mean, you've got to be able to prove that, to be honest. Yeah, evidence. Um, uh, it's all right saying that. 
Where's um, the evidence? Where's the agenda coming from and stuff like that? I mean, we feel that way. I can get why Neil feels that way because we feel as fans... Still are done by. Sort of, there's some sort of we're being targeted. It feels that way because of decision after decision after decision. And it's, it, I, I kind of like, we've had this discussion, is it corrupt and stuff like that? I think it's more that there's a subliminal bias um, that seems to be in people's heads and stuff, but it's not right. It definitely isn't right. No. Jack, um, you're the voice of reason. So um, we're going to talk, we're going to kick off obviously with the penalty decision. We'll get stuck into the rest of the game, but you're there in the crowd watching it. What's your reactions, first of all? Um, it's a penalty and it's a red card. I think that that's the bottom line that we, that we have to kind of look at. It's a penalty because Pope has failed him. And it's a red card because Pope isn't playing the ball, he's playing the man. And then yeah. the rule is when it's a penalty, if there's an attempt to play the ball, it's a yellow card. If there's no attempt to play the ball, it's a red card. So on, on every single bullet point, note of the rules, whatever you want to call it, it's a penalty and it's a red card. I want to come at a slightly different angle. Now, I know what Chris is saying and, and what we've said in the past about it's not corrupt, it's just incompetent. You, you can't blame anyone who does think it's corruption. No, because no, there's, absolutely because, because there's, there's absolutely zero accountability. There will be nobody today, tomorrow, Wednesday, whenever, talking to Andy Madley and saying, what did you do there? We as, as supporters, we need to know that. We need to hear that communication. You have it in rugby, you have it in cricket, the two other sports that I watch quite a lot. The officials will talk you through every single step of a decision. They'll say, this is what we're checking for. If, we, if it is that, then this is what we're going to give. If it isn't that, this is how we're going to restart the game. And if it is that, this is what the punishment is going to be for the offending player, the offending team. We don't get that at all. I would have loved to have heard the communication between the referee and VAR yesterday. Because was if the there ref any communication that we don't know there was? That, that's what I'm saying. Is, is there any? Because if the referee has said to VAR, you don't need to check it, I had a perfect view, it's definitely not a penalty, then he is a liar. He's an absolute liar because he is so far away from play. We were closer in the away end and we're two miles in the air. How he can sit there and say, it's, it's, a, it's a definite penalty, you don't need to check it for me, I've seen it. He's a liar. If VAR have looked at it and gone, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, then they should be sending him to the monitor. They should be sending him over to give him a proper look at it with multiple angles and, and all these kind of things so he can get the right decision. That's what VAR is for. It's to get the right decision. And yesterday, they didn't get the right decision because they didn't have a process in place to get there. There was, there was no sort of process where you thought, I, I, I'm still sort of staggered as to how they haven't given a penalty. Uh, my, I'm, I'm absolutely staggered. And, and I get what people are saying. If it's at the other end, it, they'd have probably given it. I'll, I'll, I'll get all these things. Well, well let's but, just look at some monkey suit here. Uh, great name, by the way, I have to say. Uh, in the chat is obviously a, a Newcastle fan. Well, we, we welcome Newcastle fans joining in the conversation. He says, Condolences, lads. I would be fuming if that went against Newcastle. These officials are incompet so incompetent, it's unreal. Yeah, the thing is, though, as, what, as what nice as that is, on, Chris. Is, is, is if you were, if you were, if I was refereeing that game, I'm not a qualified referee, don't intend to be either, but if I was refereeing that game and I, I saw that and I, oh. Do you know what? Um, can you just check that? I don't think it was a penalty, but just check it. I, I don't know why they're not using it. It's, it, it may as well not have the bloody thing. It's, it's, it's a waste of time. 
That's what I'm saying, yeah. And and, and just on that, it's great that Newcastle fans are saying condolences, we're sorry that. We don't need condolences, we don't need apologies. We need them to get the decision right at the time. That's what we need. We need these referees who are incompetent to actually use the process. Like Chris has just said, that referee there cannot be 100% sure on what he's seen because he's too far away from play. That's not his fault, by the way, because the way the play, the, the phase of play went, he was going to be far away from play. He needs to then either instigate the VAR himself and say, I need you to check that for me. I'm going to pause the like game. They do, like, like, they do, like they do in rugby? Yeah, absolutely. No one in the ground would moan if the referee said, I'm genuinely not sure. I need the technology to help me because that's what it's for. You know, referees make mistakes all the time. You know, we, we always accept that as part of football because players make mistakes, managers make mistakes, which we're probably going to come on to in a minute. But it's part of football making mistakes. What we don't accept is when a referee makes a mistake and hides behind VAR and hides behind protocols and processes. It's, it's not right at all. He should be coming out and saying, you know, this is why I didn't give a penalty. We need that communication. Because in the stadium and, and people at home as well, they have no clue why it wasn't given. There's pro- there might well be, I doubt it, there might well be a perfectly valid reason why it wasn't a penalty. But we don't know it. So, of course, we're going to be saying it's, it's, a, it's a terrible decision. It's this Are you in this, I mean, Chris, you're at home. You're like sitting there. You're getting the benefit of all the replays and the people talking it through. Jack, are you like me going... Uh, no, I wasn't doing that day. I was, I was for a few minutes. I was sitting there thinking, "Take a look at that in a minute. That's a penalty. That, that they ain't getting away with that. That's a penalty. He's going to stop this in a minute. Hang on a minute. He's saying he's going. Bloody hell! He's not looking at it. And, and I was into rage mode then. So it was, <laughs> the dogs had scarpered, and and that was it. It was like. Yeah, no, uh, I was already upset anyway because I, I just saw a couple of little things where he was giving silly stuff, and I thought, well, here we go, same guy at Liverpool, he's off. And then, lo and behold, he, he gives he gives a foul from Raul where I don't think it was a foul. He got the ball, scored from the free kick. It's like Jesus Christ, you know, this guy costs us every time he goes on the pitch. Right, uh, Jack, I can you you come on this channel obviously most weeks. Um, you always talk a lot of sense. I can, from talking to you and stuff, I really feel that you're angry tonight. Yeah, and, and, and I've said this before, haven't I? I don't mind coming out of a football ground at the end of the game feeling disappointed, upset, frustrated, because that's what being a fan is. But you should never feel angry when you've come out of a game. You should never, ever feel angry when you come out of a football game. And there were people, yes, texting me yesterday and whatever, season ticket holders for 30 years, 30 plus years, saying, this might be my last year because I can't put up with these officials anymore and this VAR. That that's what that's the level it's getting to now. It, it's genuinely affecting people's match day experience. It's affecting their enjoyment of the game, and it shouldn't be because we've we've had football for 150 years in this country, and referees from that very first day in 18 whenever have made mistakes, and we've all accepted it as part of the game. Referee, because you know, two weeks down the line, you might get a decision in your way. And then it kind of evens and balances out. And it's, it's just the way that football is. Since VAR came in, either the amount of mistakes that have been made has either gone through the roof or they're just the way that they're highlighted and, and sort of stood out because of VAR. It's really having a negative impact on the fans' experience of football. I mean, I personally, I hate VAR. And if you gave me an option tomorrow, I would scrap the entire thing. 
because I don't think there's any way with these current referees to make it work because they're not good enough. So I would say scrap it, get some new referees in, train them, and then bring it back slowly when we've got referees who can use it properly. That would be my opinion. But I know people who are just ready to just jack it in and quit because it, it's it's just completely ruining the football. When was the last time we scored a goal and you genuinely celebrated and in the back of your head you weren't thinking they might disallow this? Uh, they, might, they might go back for an offside 30 seconds every ago. Every single or, goal, yeah. there's a niggle at the back. Are they going to try and find a way to disallow it? You yeah. celebrated, even though you're certain, it, even though that one is... It's got to be fine. You still have that ten seconds waiting for something to happen, or they're looking around. You just you, you do. And I was kind of measured after the game when I, I don't know if you've watched my reactions or a lot of you will have watched it. I interviewed Paul, Chris, and Balak, and then I interviewed the Johnson family after. And because I hadn't watched the uh, the incident back on a screen. Um, I was I got more angry on the way back watching it on the thing. I was like, I cannot believe it's not given. The more I watched it, the more annoyed I got because we're in the stadium. We didn't see a rerun. We didn't hear anything. We, we're looking around kind of like numb. We've travelled like, you know, spent quite a bit of money going to Newcastle away to support our team. We're up in the gods. That's fine. Don't mind that. We've had a great day the rest of the time, but we've paid our money to go and watch the game and there's people watching on the box, fair play, that you know, around the world that are watching it and they know more that's what's going on in the stadium than what the fans in the stadium know what's happening. It's got to change. It can't be right. How can that be right? And this is why people are getting fed up. Oh, I won't bother to the game. Might as well watch it on the telly. What's the point? when you're getting this happen time after time after time, and when you're actually in the stadium with poor internet because everyone's trying to get on the phones at the time, and you're trying to get onto the phone to go onto Twitter or to text a friend who's watching it maybe at home, as Manny was saying there, to try and get their opinion, however many miles away that they are, on is that a penalty? You're actually in the ground and you don't know, and we yeah. don't know what's going on. And the players are waving, and the oh, mate. I, I think I think some of it is being exposed by VAR because we've got more cameras, we've got more angles, we've got more replays. So I think I I don't know whether the referees have got worse or whether they're always this bad. And VAR is is exposing the fact that they're bad and exposing the fact that they can't make the right decisions more. Um, I don't know whether that's it, but you know. Being sat on the ground, none the wiser what the hell's going on in a big ground like that, and and and, and no communication, no information, it, it's just not right. You, you you're you're it's a it's a sport, and we support the football teams. It's not a business, it's not entertainment, but it's classed as that now. You can't go to a, a function like that and and not really understand what's happened. Absolutely. Well, it's, like mean, going, it's like going to watch a Japanese film and they're not putting the subtitles on and thinking, well, what the hell was all that about? It's, it's, it's stupid. And this, is why, and this is why people go on about corruption and people get upset. Um, and like people are saying, I can't be dealing with this anymore. It's not, doing, it's, it's not good. I know it sounds daft, but it messes with people's mental health on the, uh, the yeah, thing. Because people's minds are messed up by it because you don't 
No, you you want to you go. You 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 football is an immersive experience. You're there with as was at Newcastle, fifty thousand. Now, okay, forty nine thousand of them are you know are probably going. I really hope that's not given. But like you've seen so many Newcastle fans that pretty much around the ground, they're they're probably all expecting. Most of them are all expecting penalty red card. Pope's been sent off again. Raul Jimenez is going to take the penalty. He's missed one penalty for Wolves. He'll probably roll that in. Wolves are 1-0 up. Damn, we're probably going to lose the game. You go behind. I mean, the miracle happened against Southampton when we came back. It don't happen very often, that sort of uh, that sort of thing. But, like, Wolves are a good enough time to take the 1-0 lead against Newcastle and manage that game and probably go on and hit him on the break and win the game. Um, and probably... 95% of that stadium were expecting it to happen. And then even and then, even even Nick Pope was expecting a penalty in a red card. Look at his reaction. Even he's expecting to get sent off and for, to be a penalty to be given. He, he watched, it, 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 it's it's ludicrous. I, I can't still I'm going on about this. I can't understand that it wasn't a penalty. I, I can't I can't think of a logical footballing reason. For him not to give the penalty, the only sort of thing I can think is he's bottled it because it's it's fifty thousand Geordies. It's the first twenty minutes of the game. He knows if he gives the penalty, he's probably got to send the goalkeeper off, and he's done the easy thing instead of the right thing. That's the only thing I can think that he's probably done. And his mate, and his mate in VAR has, has helped him out and said, and yeah, well, I check it." You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Twenty minutes in, penalty red card, fifty thousand people. 20 minutes into the game against Southampton, Lamina runs up as the third person. He's off. It's, that's yeah. the that's this is why this is why we're so annoyed about these things. That could have cost us another three points. Luckily, it didn't. You know, we managed to. It was a brilliant comeback. But like Lamina but, gets sent off for being the third person running up to the ref, um, and is a blatant red. Oh, it's so so frustrating. But, but, but then again, Dave, it's like if he bottled it, if it was a bottler, all he need to do is, oh bloody hell, I'm not giving this. Is that for, is that a penalty? I don't want to. I, I I'm not sure. And then I I'll, I'll go and walk by the screen, and it, you know, I can get, I can make the decision that way. Do they have an option to do that? Someone mentioned it. The referee, I don't think, has an option to refer to to VAR. He has to make a decision. Um, and then it got, it's up to VAR then. Well, to well, he made one, didn't he? He made the decision. There was no yeah. foul. And yeah. Howard Webb has changed the tolerances, I think, uh, to try and keep with the on-field decisions. But, like, again, this comes back to common sense in the VAR box. The referee's on the halfway line. He has, he, you know, he's, he's mo it's not like five yards away. Because, of like, as Jack's rightly said, the, the, he's in the right position for the balance of play. He's expecting the ball to go up the field. You know, the keeper misjudges it, Raul gets in, he's out of position. And, you they, know, there's also a Newcastle player that's kind of in his line of vision as well at, but, the, at that time. That so he's called objective it. So VAR, objective of VAR is to be used when there's a clear and obvious error. So that was a clear and obvious error because this every is, this is what I'm saying. is surely they because of the common sense in the VAR box at Stockley Park, you'd think, well, he's 40 yards away there. He can't really have a clear view of it. They, But they didn't. They judged it. Ugh, 
Anyway. When, when Dermot Gallagher says it's a penalty, mate, it's a penalty. If he, if he overrules something and says he made a mistake, because he sits on that the fence that much, he has these splinters. And he said it was a penalty. Absolutely. Anyway, we've, 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 we, could go, we could talk just about this subject all night. You know, it wasn't given. You know, Newcastle, as I say, for the two or three minutes were all over the place. Then they get a free kick, which was debatable. Uh, it's delivered. It's a good header. It's in the corner. One nil up. Walls fall apart after that. And people, the, the, another thing I go about the performance and stuff like that, which I will come on to, but I wish Paul was here. But men, we talked about this yesterday. Mentally, as a team and as an individual, when you've had so many decisions go against you, you have that decision to go against you. Uh, and then two or three minutes later, they score off a debatable free kick. It's got to affect yeah. you on the on the field, and we, we we you know Newcastle were well on top after that. We got to half time. Um, oh. I mean, oh, I don't think they were. I don't think they were on top. I don't think they. Yes, they were knocking the ball in, in behind Tomato, and Adama wasn't um, tracking back. I thought Tomato was man of the match because he 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 put Saint Maxim off the pitch and took him off at half time, and. Um, I, I thought Samedo marked him really well. He, he couldn't cope with two men. That was the issue. But I, I thought we, I thought we, we played to a plan in the first half, and that was always his plan, to keep in the game and go out in second half. And I thought we stuck to it. Yes, they scored a goal. Bad marking. Bad free kick. Not a free kick. Um, Got to remember, we, we, you know, there's a lot of people saying it wasn't a good performance, but we hit the post quite. We hit the crossbar at the post. Had a penalty, not scored a goal. We're away from home. That's little margin. Jack, Jack, how do you see it after the penalty? What's your view on it after that? You know, let's. I mean, fair play to Newcastle. After that, we've we've been talking about it, but Newcastle were good after that, and on the balance, probably deserved it on the next seventy-five minutes. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't think there was a lot between the teams, if I'm if I'm being brutally honest. Considering they're fifth and we're 13th, it didn't look like a game between a team fifth and 13th, if I'm being brutally honest. And that's not, not a criticism of Newcastle at all. That's more just the way that the game went. I mean, like Chris has just said, we had some really good chances in that game. We hit the post, we hit the crossbar, should have had a penalty. Uh, Pope, uh, Pope, yeah, Pope is a goalkeeper and he made a couple of really good saves. The one save was unbelievable. I think it was Matinho. Had the shot at the edge of the box, and he just just got down right in the corner and yeah, it was a good scooped side. it away. So you know, objectively, we went away from home to a good team, created four or five goal scoring opportunities, limited them to similar in terms of clear chances. They had a lot of shots from edge of the box that were blocked and went behind and, and that kind of thing, which which sort of, sort of skews the stats a little bit because you kind of go, oh, they've had sixteen shots or whatever it was, but actually, only four or five of them are probably what you call threatening shots or dangerous shots. So, you know, I'm not necessarily sort of saying, you know, we, we, we're the better team by any stretch of the imagination, but we were well in the game. And particularly when we equalised, I felt we've got an opportunity to win this now. And it was a shame that the, the substitutions didn't quite come off, if you like, and, and kind of, I think he's admitted himself, hasn't he, Lopetegui, that, that the change to the back three didn't quite work. I thought what he was maybe trying to do was what he did at Everton bring the extra defender on, draw the opposition forward up the pitch We're and then try to hit them, hit them on the break. But but we didn't have the players on the pitch to do that because Adama yeah. was, was, had gone off by that point. Kuna hadn't come on and, and you know, one or two others. You know, I mean, I actually, I was, I'll talk about it a bit in a bit, but I thought I was really encouraged by 
by Neto's performance. And I thought he was probably our most likely source of a goal in the second half. I thought he was a, he was a real threat. Did fantastic on the right wing. Yeah. Do you think, though, that Neto should be playing on the left, not the right, though? I think he can play either. I think he's better on the left. I think he can play either because he's, he's not quite two-footed in the same way that Jota was, but he, he's very nearly two-footed in the sense that he's, he's, his feet are so quick. If it's on his weaker foot, it's not on his weaker foot for very long. He, get, he shifts it very, very quickly. Some players take an age to get the ball onto their stronger foot and defenders are very easy to sort of shift them onto their weaker foot and push them wide or, or bring them inside or whatever. With him, it's so quick. If it's on his weaker foot, it's not there for long and he can bring it back onto his stronger foot. It was a so criticism, I, though, wasn't it, of large that he kept playing him on that side and we never saw the best of him because he wasn't playing on the left, right. he was playing more on the right. And that was a criticism of Large playing him on that side, and while we never saw the best of him early season, because there's a lot of criticism the, of Neto. The more, the um, more I see season. these, the more I see these players every week since Large has gone, um, and what they're doing in the game, I, I'm beginning to wonder what we were even thinking with Large because he's he destroyed that team, and we're, we're just about getting the he was, back now. To me, Large was great when he was motivated. When he first came, he was really invested in the team. We saw the, the attacking football. The Was it Large ball that we were talking about? It was fantastic. And then we weren't scoring. And I, yeah, OK, you could argue he had a bit of bad luck with injuries and stuff like that. But I, I think he sort of gave up. And he, he he basically was doing a, a, the, the... Well, I know for a fact, because I've been told, that after every single game, he was on a plane back to Portugal. Loads of the players were as well. I know for a fact some of the players were being picked up from the airport, you know, on the day of training, before the training. Some some days they were only training three days a week. You know, it's no wonder they were unfit and not thinking. I just think he was just going through the motions. And I mean, I, I you know, think the decisions that were made... Yeah, go on, Jack. As I was going to say, I, th- I think with Lars, the thing, the thing that we perhaps we need to kind of look at is these are elite-level footballers. Now, they don't necessarily need the level of coaching that Large has got. He's obviously, from his record, a very, very good coach, a good technical coach. What these players need is a man-manager, a motivator, someone who's going to create a team spirit, create a bond, create that almost like that brotherhood within the team. So, like you saw at Southampton, a goal down, a man down. You know, other teams crumble in that position and they've got an excuse, haven't they? They can hide behind. Yeah, I know we lost 4-0, but we had a a man sent off after 20 minutes. It doesn't matter. Our team, under Lopetegui, went, um, we're still, we can still win this. Of course we can. And that's and he believes that as well, doesn't he? And I think that's probably the biggest difference to me in what I've seen from, from when Large and, and Davis were there to Lopetegui is that team spirit and that connection within each other and that kind of, you know, almost that, that fight, if you like. And that's what we're going to need in this relegation battle. I've said, I've said last week and the week before, I don't care how well we play. We need to get results. We need to win games of football. If we play awful and win 1-0, do I care? No, because we need to get those points. And that's what that, that team spirit is going to get you. Far more than great football and lovely, pretty passing. It's fight, guts, determination, never say die attitude. That's what's going to get us out of the mess that we're in. And I think we can see enough of that since Lopetegui came in to say, like Chris has said, I don't think we're going to finish in that bottom three. I really don't. No, I think and that's, that's the thing because under Nuno, we had this, uh, this togetherness and yeah. that and that sort of stuff. And gradually, under large, over a period of time, and all the decisions that were made around it, that's got dismantled. And what they've done in the summer and since uh, Lopetegui's coming is 
gradually put those bricks back into place. Okay, there might be different bricks that they've, they've brought in, but it's building that uh, that team ethic, that togetherness, that that pack mentality. And the fans, Wolves fans, will buy into it. Wolves fans will, as long as everyone gives everything for the shirt, you know, a crunching tackle, whatever, it, and they can see that they're fighting, they will forgive anything. What they won't forgive is laziness and yeah. all of that sort of stuff. And under Lopetegui, he, he, he put his hand up. I made the wrong decision on this on this thing. He's still learning a lot. And all that matters this season for him, all is all that matters to Lopetegui this year is keeping Wolves in the Premier League so that he can go to Phase Two next year. And that's yeah. kind of where we're at at the moment, Chris. Yeah, and I, I think I think he. That's fed off on the fans. The atmosphere is a lot better now. Um, Same last time I went to Molyneux, the atmosphere is better. I mean, I'll admit it. I was going to, I was going to matches with the larger, thinking, I know what I'm doing here. We're going to win this game, and I don't think that now when I'm when I'm watching the game or go go, go to the home games, I'm going there thinking we're going to win. You know, so it, it, it's turned. You know, I, well, I'm always Mr. Negative, and I'm. There's obviously something in my council pop I'm drinking because um, I, I've gone very positive about it. That's good. Well, let's get stuck into uh, into Chris. You can go first. Highlight moment of the day, p- performance rating. I think you've already mentioned your man of the matches, says Semedo. And what would you get, Ruben Neves, uh, for um, for his birthday? And don't forget, guys, make sure you're looking out for the word of the day as well. It's been slipped in there a couple of times, two or three times already. I think, yeah, I said Tomato, man of the match. I think Tomato's been a different player under Lopetegui. I, he's a player that I knew he could be, but it's coming out. He's, he's you know, people used to moan like hell about him, but uh, it's just a shame Bueno's injured because he was doing so well as well. And I think we had so much more balance there. Um, I think Bueno should be back after the international break or being well. Yeah, I hope so. It'd be key for us uh, because I think we look a different back four within him. Um, moment of the day. Um, not football related. I, I went to see my son and my, my um, his, his partner who are about to have, uh, have a baby and had a look around their house to make sure they got everything all ready and, and they, they, they look like they're well prepared for it, which is nice to see. So that was probably my moment of the day. Um, and going back to watch the football. So um, that was it. In terms of um, Ruben Neves, I think the contract thing's already been said, so I don't want to say that. I would buy him a new front door and a new back door. And the reason I'd do that is I'd keep the keys and lock him in there. And, and only get him out on match days. So he couldn't go anywhere else. <laughs> Mate, absolutely love it. Uh, Baton passes to you, Jack. Okay. Um, highlight of the day. I mentioned it a little bit just. I'm going to go Neto's, sort of, if you like, cameo second half. Because I think what we saw there was someone who's going to make a real difference for us in these last 11 games. Like I said, I thought the way he shifted the ball from foot to foot, the defenders didn't have a clue where he was going to go down the line, cut inside. And that's what we need. We need that unpredictability. And that's what creates your chances in the Premier League. A lot of defences, in fact, every defence in the Premier League, we saw that with Bournemouth, are very organised, very, very good at, at, with that low block, 
So what you need is that unpredictability, those moments of real magic and sort of sparkle. And I think Neto is going to provide that in these last 11 games. I think we saw that yesterday in that 45 minutes that he had. Performance rating, I'm going to go six and a half because I don't think we were terrible by any means. I've seen a lot of stuff on online and stuff. Of, oh, we were rubbish. You can't blame the ref. We were this, that and the other. We were, we, were, we were well in that game for long, long periods of that. Against you know, a team having a very, very good season. You know, I know their form has been a little bit iffy the last sort of couple of months, but they're still a, having a really good season. You know, and, and to go away from home and, like we said, create the chances that we did to be, you know, on the end of a couple of half decisions that perhaps, I mean, I don't think we've mentioned it yet, but the winning goal took a huge deflection. You know, yeah, so it, it, it did, it, 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 you know, it, it's, it's one of those where just everything that could have perhaps gone against us yesterday kind of did. You know, lopetegui has been an absolute masterstroke with his, his substitutions. It didn't pay off yesterday. You know, we had the penalty issue. The, the, the tackle on, on Neves by Dan Byrne, which should have been a red card as well, which I don't think we've, we've yeah. kind of touched on very much, you know. Well, Neves so, was down for five minutes after at half-time. It was a disgusting well, challenge. That was that was the other thing I was going to mention on the referee. I thought someone told me that the rule was the referee had to be the last person to leave the pitch. He, he can't go off the pitch at half-time or full-time until all the players have gone off. I thought that was the rule. I thought that, yeah. that might be he, he got off his cup of tea and left Neves to go and... Yeah, go and have his treatment. He'd gone off his cup of tea. So, you know, I'm, I'm, again, it's, you know, these little things that just sort of add up and you kind of get really frustrated and, and, and whatever. So, yeah, six and a half, we, we, we were decent. You know, we, we came up against a, a decent team and they played well. I mean, Newcastle weren't bad, were they? They, they, they were on it for, for long periods in that game. What, and, for a first off, Isaacs and um, St Maximum, they, they were just, for about a 15, 20 minute spell after the goal, they were just tearing us apart. Yeah, yeah, I, I like the guy uh, Bruno Gamares in, in midfield. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a player, well, isn't he? He's a player. Oh, he's a great player. Yeah, but um, no, I mean, so big difference to their mid to them Newcastle Gamares. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man of the match. I'm, I'm with Chris. I think Samedo. I think we just mentioned some maximum first half. I thought Samedo pretty much did what he did to Zaha when we played Crystal Palace. You know. Had lots of the ball, but didn't do a lot with it, you know. And and when he needed to, he stepped in and, and won the ball, and he, he made a lot of blocks. He's and... probably one of the most improved players this year, Samedo. Yeah, he's starting to look oh, a little bit like a thirty-two million pound fullback. I think. I think the thing with him is, is he 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 defends, he can track, he can he can hold people up, but he also he's good going the other way, and he can flip from one to the two. And what I think we've got. Bueno aside with the rest of the fullbacks are uh, one dimensional. They're either good going forward and poor at defending or the other way around. But these those two I think are good in both ways. And that's why I want them, you know, back in the team as left and right backs. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think that's going to be important to, to Lopetegui as well, isn't it? Because I think he wants his width to come from his fullbacks. He wants his his wide players like Sarabia, Neto, etc., to be coming in field and supporting that striker. So your width then comes from your fullbacks. If you've got people that can get forward and create opportunities either by crossing or or playing the ball in field, then that's going to be absolutely huge. So I'm really encouraged by by Semedo's sort of improvement under under Lopetegui, and I thought he was excellent again again yesterday. Um, Neves, right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy him a beautiful golden black Parker pen. So that, oh. so that so that he can sign that beautiful new contract. We're going to roll out the red carpet. We're going to have paparazzi, you know, and he's going to be there signing this beautiful new contract. That's what I'm going to buy him, a beautiful Parker pen, because, you know, the very best for the very best. So let's get him that contract. 
Absolutely love it. I, and, and I say I, I gave my rating a six point five. If you watched it after the uh, after the game as well, so I mean some absolutely brilliant comments. We've been having a great time again tonight. We've done the just about coming up to added time on the ninety minutes, uh, guys. This is the time in the chat where if you think you know what the uh, the secret word is, uh, type it in there. Now, don't forget if you're brand new, uh, please subscribe to the channel. That would really mean a lot. And also smashing a like on the video. Let's see if we get it to 100 likes as well. Um, final words from you, Chris, looking ahead to Leeds. Must win game. But we don't need to panic about it. We just need to do what we've been doing. And I think I'd like to see him put, Adama and Neto on in the second half on each side. Neto on the left, Adama on the second half. Adama to me, we need to bring him on the second half. I, 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 Dan Byrne, why we didn't put him on against Dan Byrne in the second half? The guys, the guy's not a ball. He's not. He's not that sort of. Guy. He's a great defender, but he's never gonna. He's never gonna stop a marauding Adama in the second half of a game. So I, I think I think we've got to look at Adama a different way around and, and, and get him on in the second half. Yeah. Good but point. I think we can, you know, it must win game, but there you go. Uh, Jack? Yeah, I agree. I think we've got to get probably minimum, minimum four points from these next two, Leeds and Forest. Six points would be absolutely ideal and we can uh, start breathing a little bit easier if we can do that because we've got enough games against these teams around us that if we just win those, we can pull clear. Brentford at home, Everton at home, Villa at home, Leeds at home, Leicester away, who aren't great, aren't great. Yeah, Yeah. okay, we've got uh, Man United away and Arsenal away last match of the season. We don't want to be going into Arsenal last match of the season having to get something out of that. To no, we you don't. Know, the Everton no. game could be massive. Yeah, but I mean, I think me and my, we were on the phone earlier talking, and we kind of really went into a bit of detail on the on the numbers. And I think there's six teams that are averaging less than a point a game, and two including us that are averaging a point a game. So I don't think all of those eight teams are going to improve their form in the last eleven. So I think 38 will keep you up this year. I think 38. I think we need three wins and two draws. So I, I think we need 11 points from 11 games. Now, yeah. under Lopetegui, we're averaging closer to a point and a half a game. So as long as we maintain the current trajectory, we don't have to improve massively. We'll get enough points. We've got so Palace think, at home as well. Palace at home, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, their form is, is nosedive. You think, they're, they're, you think we're going to at least three out of six home games and probably nicking away wins somewhere, wouldn't you? You think we're going to get four, at least four, I'd say we get at least four wins from the next uh, 11 games because we've got three, we've got six win, very, very winnable home games. Very yeah. winnable home games. I mean, if, if, if Ivan Tony's banned by the time Brentford come into town, then that, that's even better, isn't it? You know? So, I mean, it, it, you, you look at those home games, like we've just said, and, and it might be that we get enough points just at, at Molyneux. We've got to kind of get the atmosphere going, haven't we? We've got to make it a fortress. We've got to make it hostile. And, we, you know, we've got to really... Our, the fans have got to play a part, haven't we? You know, we, we've got to hold our nerve because there's going to be twists and turns. You know, at, at one point Saturday, I think four teams below us were all winning. And you think, oh, right, you know, that gap's gone again, hasn't it? And then, you know, when we were drawing yesterday... We've pulled another point, then we get beaten. You, you know, I mean, there's going to be a weekend where we win and everyone else loses, and we go, oh, there we go, job done. There we go, ready for next season. And then the weekend after, we'll we'll lose, and everyone else will win. You go, oh, we're back in it. 
So it's going to be like that all the way through, I think. So we've got to hold our nerve. You know, we've got to trust the manager because I think he's been superb pretty much since he's come in. You know, we've got to trust this group of players because a lot of them have been here for a while and have given us great times, haven't they? So let's trust them and back them and support them. And I think we'll be okay. Fantastic. Now, just to uh, to just just before we're, I'm going to leave everyone with a positive in a minute, but like um, the secret word was after three, one, two, three, red, red carpet. carpet. Yes, it was red carpet. So you spotted that. Uh, it was the uh, Hollywood Oscars this weekend. They rolled out the red carpet, of course. Um, always get the red carpet at the Oscars and uh, we went with red carpets. If you spotted that, uh, well done and well done to all the, uh, the, the Wolves fans and pundits that managed to slip it in uh, to good conversation. We'll have another one for you next week. Um, and just one little bit of positive um, to finish on. Ruben Neves didn't pick up his, his 10th yellow card. So he hasn't picked up his two-game ban yet, so he will be available. Still got a long way to go, Danny. I think a few games. He, uh, yes, he, 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 off. he does. But if you 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 do want him in the middle of the park against Leeds, yeah, but when, when, when Forest. did he rub off, Dave? Is it, is it thirty? Is it thirty-two? Or is it something like that? Thirty-two games. Thirty-two games. He's got. He's got a. He's got a. He's got another five. Five games. Yeah. <laughs> It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting if he can do that, but let's hope. Um, but yeah, he's uh, look. If he'd have picked up a yellow card against Newcastle, he's missing against both Forest and Leeds. You know, at the end of the day, he's going to be on the pitch for Leeds. Let's hope he's on the pitch for Forest as well. Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying that the Leeds match is a must-win. Uh, I think it's a definite must-not-lose because you don't want to lose ground. You chalk one off. But I do think that it's a game that we should be winning. And let's face it, we owe Leeds. First match of the season, you know, we played them. Last season, coasting, lost the game 3-2. We're due. We're due putting one over them, you know. So let's hope we do get the results and we put the performance. And I'll tell you something else. We're due a red card against, you know, for... Um, the opposition, Howard Webb, if you're watching, and we're due a bloody penalty as well. And I tell you what, we're also due putting a few points past a few goals past someone as well. So, like, my request is all of those three things for Leeds. Thank you very much. And then we can all start singing about and falling apart again, which would be nice. Anyway, on that note, <laughs> on that note, had a great weekend. We didn't get the results. We're not happy with the results. You know, Jack's. Very calm, but I could tell he was very angry tonight. We've had some great contributions uh, from all of us, uh, all the pundits, and from you guys in the chat. So from myself, Manny, Nathan, Chris, and Jack, God bless to you and your families, wherever you are. Smash a like on the video, subscribe if you're new, and until the next one, keep the faith, always Wolves. Always Wolves. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? 
at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com botox cosmetic out of botulinum toxin a fda approved for over 20 years so talk to your specialist to see if botox cosmetic is right for you for full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.